Amen. Your praise will ever be on our lips. You know, God is worthy of praise. God is worthy of everything that we have to give Him. We, he's worthy of our entire life. Um, go over with me to Joshua. Let's, let's kind of uh, sort of go back there for just a moment, and that'll be a launching pad for us tonight. Go on and, go on and put up there, Ty, what I thought I, we would talk about tonight. Maybe. I think that'll be it. That'll probably be it. I just don't know how it'll look. God's plan will not be stopped. That's the gist. That's what I want you to go. That's what I want you to get tonight. God's plan will not be stopped. So think about that for a second. Who does God use? Say it out loud. Me. He uses me. And what stops me from doing what God wants us to do? Fear. Be honest. Fear. Fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, fear of what they may say, fear of butterflies. Butterflies are scary. People are scared of butterflies. And let me tell you, you never outgrow butterflies. Butterflies are in human natural reaction when you're stepping into the unknown. But God tells us to go there. And we know that God's plan is not going to be stopped, period. And he tells us to go there and go in and make disciples, go be an influencer, go be light, go be salt, go be well, all these things. Over in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, memory verse, most recent memory verse, sort of a rehashing it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. He says this three different times through this section to Joshua. Joshua is about to go into the unknown. He is about to go into a place that he has, he has thought about, they have talked about, and here he gets the opportunity. Moses has died, and Joshua gets the baton, and he has taken it forward. And God's word to Joshua was, be strong and courageous. Do not... Tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That same God that was with Joshua is with us. That same God who spoke to Joshua there is speaking to us tonight. And every time I stand in front of you on a Wednesday night, there's something always on me. And I, I hint at it occasionally, and I'll let it out ever so often. What type of church do you guys want Chapel Hill to be? And that's that rhetorical question that you just sit there and kind of ponder. Huh, I want us to be a And then you go into all those thoughts. I want us to be a friendly church. I want us to be a loving church. I want us to be a welcoming church. I want us to be a fun church. I want us to be all those things, but I want us to be a God-honoring church. I want us to be a faithful church. I want us to be a bold witness, a light, a shining, a bright, shining church. How do we get from where we want, from where we are to where we want to be? We've got to be bold and courageous. We can't fear or be dismayed. We've got to know that God's going to be with us from this gap, in the middle of this gap. and How does he get us from here to there? Baby steps. Little bits at a time. We're coming out of COVID, and I say that, and I get in trouble by saying that. Y'all realize that? 
you people out there. I get in trouble for saying, because no, we're not officially out of COVID. How can you say we're out of COVID? Because I can just, I got the microphone. (laughs) I mean, that's how I can say it. Oh, and it feels normal, and it feels good, and I can touch him, and I can sit right here, and this is cool. I can do this. We can be close. It, it feels, and I know, I know there's people still sick. We've got to pray, and we've got to be wise. We've got to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves and all that, and I know we're not completely out of it, but, but God has brought us a long way, and he's brought us baby steps out of it. And you know, Look back at James McKinney. And I bet you if Bridget was here, you know what she'd be saying? Look, y'all be faithful. Don't you dare stop. You keep being faithful. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't change course because of none of us. You stay the course. Keep your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what we do. We stay the course and we we faithfully step by step. But guys, we've got to be strong and courageous to do it. God's plan is not going to be stopped. All through Scripture, we see example after example of God saying, Hey, I'm going to do this, and He does it. Hey, this is what is going to happen, and lo and behold, it happens. Period. We know Jesus coming back. Why? Because He says He's coming back. Till then, we're to be faithful in making disciples. We're to be about the Father's business. We're to be exactly doing what Jesus was doing when mom and daddy lost him. We're to be equipping the saints to do the work of ministry. We're to be discipling our homes and discipling our families. We're to be loving and serving and ministering and going. And You know, he mentioned in his prayer, our young people, that yellow school bus out there has got all of our kids. Where did they go? Northside? They went somewhere. They went off somewhere. They're doing ministry. Praise God. They're able to go off and do ministry. and They go into youth and they do ministry. And we come into here and we do ministry. It's just, a, it's just a model. It's just a thing we do. But all through this book, these 66 books, we see God saying something. And we see Him doing something. And He uses us. And that's why He tells Joshua. And that's why He tells us, church, you've got to be strong and courageous. It's not going to be easy. It's not one of those things you can do blindfolded. You cannot do Christian work blindfolded. You can do the world blindfolded, but you cannot be an obedient follower of Christ blindfolded. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be wise. You've got to be reading and listening and and discerning the spirits. You've got to be testing things. You've got to be sort of checking, and is this God speaking, or is this not of God? Is this Antichrist things going on here? You've got to be actively involved. You can't just float through your Christian life. If you do, you'll get yourself in a mess. You've got to be intentional about what we're doing. We've got to be intentional about paying attention. The sanctification process... When you and I were saved, we were stamped justified. It is a a concept that is in God's mind. I don't feel justified. I don't act justified a lot of times. But in God's mind, external of me in his judicial system, he has said, I am clean. I am one of his. I have been adopted into his family. And then starts the process of sanctification. 
And sanctification lasts the rest of your life. Until you're died, until you're dead, you are being sanctified. You are being transformed. God, what God is doing is He's using everything. This There is no accidental anything going on in your life, period. There's no accidents. There's no happen chance. There's no luck. There's no uh-oh. No, what God is doing is He is allowing life Life through people, through situations, through trials, through all of these things, these testings to conform us to the image of His Son. And He uses life once we're justified, once we say, yes, Jesus, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. Every moment from then on, we are being sanctified. God is pulling out the bad and He is replacing it with things that honor Him. He's taking our attitudes out. That's why you bring somebody in. Look, here's what we in a church do. We, we see people walk in. We see people come in that, that don't look like us, act like us, smell like us. Because why? They don't know Jesus like us. We got a head start on those cats. And they come in and they're rough. Lost people are rough. The world is rough. People that don't know Christ, guess what? They're lost people. And when they pray a prayer and they ask Christ to save them, they don't automatically become like us who have 5, 10, 20, 40, 50 year head start on them. God has to go home and they got to be convicted of, hey, this lifestyle, this isn't right. And they got to have us wrapping our arms around them, walking with them, and taking baby steps with them. They're, ch- they're children, they're babies. They're, we, don't, we don't come home with our newborn babies and throw a steak and tater in front of them. No, we come home and we gently give them warm milk. And how long are they on warm milk? For a very long time. You don't add thick stuff for a little while. The same thing with the church. We don't add thick stuff for a little while, but by the time you get here, most of us, we should be on thick stuff. We should be meat and taters kind of folks. We should be, we should be, hey, I sinned. I, I shouldn't have said that. I did say that. I shouldn't have thought that. I did think that. I shouldn't have done it, but doggone it, I did it. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. God, I feel like your spirit is telling me to talk to this person, to invite this person, to witness to this person, to love on this person, to care. And we know we can, we can by now discern the Spirit of God. We're listening. And be strong and courageous. Give, Lord God, give me the boldness. Give me the words. Let the words that I say be your words, God. And he'll do amazing things. God's plan will not be stopped. Everything I've said is one of those, it's one of those pills you just have to swallow. It's just one of those light bulbs that's got to come on. It's like, wow, wait a second. I'm a Christian, and I trust 
Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I've been a Christian now for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and, and you know, I'm, I, I don't want the things I used to want. I don't run after the things I used to want. The things that used to make me happy, they just make me sick now. That's not who I am, so he has conformed me. And you know, I want to honor him. I want to serve him. I want to live for him. I want my mind to be like his, and I want to think the things and say the things and I want to represent him. Wait a second. This whole thing's talking about me. And that light bulb goes off. Wait a second. God's plan's not going to be stopped. And he's bringing me along on this journey. Of He made me his own and he's been getting out the bad and he's been replacing it in his, in for the good. And I know some of you says, well, you know, and I've had people say, I'm just not there yet. I just don't feel comfortable. I still got sin in my life. I still, I still do things. I struggle with things. I, got, I fall flat on my face and there I go. I can't do it. Paul prayed three times for that thorn in the flesh to be gone, didn't he? And what was God's words to him? When you're weak, I'm strong. There's a lot of people inside of churches say, you know what, I'm going to join you, preacher, when I'm perfect like you are. And I'm sitting there telling you, I'm a mess up. Don't, don't be like me. Don't wait to get like me. Most of you are, are beyond me. That's a lie Satan has, that, that you can't be used by God unless you're perfect. That's a lie. He wouldn't have saved you if he didn't want to use you. He wouldn't have gone through this whole process. He wouldn't have made you his very own and brought you into his family and brought you this far to this very moment for such a time as this in 2021. And I don't care. Some of you have been through church and church and preacher and preacher, and I'm just another one bringing a repackaged same old book. And here's the, you know, the cool thing is only 66 books any of us are going from. You get a preacher who's going off this, then you just need to get a new preacher. Seriously, change church or get a new preacher. It's pretty simple. Easier to just change church. But when that snaps, that God's going to do what God wants to do, period. And there's no stopping it. And God wants to use me, and God tells me he'll give me the words to say, and God tells me he'll, he'll give me at that very moment the words I need to say. Then there's one thing left. Be strong and courageous. Notice, notice, read this. I love this part of, I love the, I love we get to the memory verse, we get to the Sunday school memory verse parts of the Bible. And it's like we jump off to another chapter. But it's usually right after the Sunday school memory verse parts of the Bible that the coolest things happen. Notice verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, through the midst of the camp and command the people saying prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you are to cross this Jordan can you imagine for 40 years they wandered around and walked in circles Moses died lo and behold here's Joshua this wet behind the ears he's probably 85 90 years old by now we view him as a kid but he's an old man but he's wet behind the ears. He's been learning. He's, he's sort of been in, 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 in kind of an intermediate role. And here he is all of a sudden a leader. And instead of biting his teeth, he said, Oh man, what do I do? It's mine. What if you and I were Joshua? 
Think about it. God saved you back then. Within three days, Joshua said, look, be ready. We're going forward. We move in this camp. We're taking this herd of at least what estimated three million, and we go in over that mountain. We go in, and we're fixing to just bulldoze whoever's in front of us, and we're going to rage war, and we are going to destroy, and we're going, we're going, we're just going to do it. Why? Because God said so. God's plan will not be stopped. What's different than us and Joshua? Nothing. Nothing in the world. Nothing in the world. Go with me over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. Continue to connect the dots. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 16. Jesus is taking them to Caesarea Philippi. Cool place. It's not what, the, it's not what you think it looks like. It's crazy. If you've been there, you're like, wow. It's a totally different picture than what you have always thought. It's interesting. Verse 15. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overpower it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this rock, on this confession, not on Peter, not on Petros, not on him, the person, on his confession that you are the cross, the son of the living God, I am going to build my church. And there ain't nothing going to stop this thing. It's just going to keep going, period. And it's going to go, and it's going to go, and it's going to go through the hundreds, through the mid-hundreds, through the 900s, through the teens, it's going to go on into the 2000s, it's going to get to 2021, and you know what? It's just going to keep on going. The gates of hell will not stand against it. The gates will not hold back what I'm going to do, period. That's a promise he made to first century church. Here we are, church, in 21st century, some 2,000 years later, Jesus said, look, Satan's not going to stop this thing. And go back through history. They've tried to destroy the church. They've tried to burn all the Bibles. They've tried to kill all the Jews. They've tried to squash it, period, all the way back. And here we are. We're still here. The church is still here. Why? Because God said it was going to be. Gates of hell's not going to stop it. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue to move forward, period. Go to the early church. Go to Acts. Acts chapter 3. We've been all in Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 over the last several weeks. I'm going to kind of go back and take you to some summary highlights. Guys, the fact that the church even got off the ground was amazing. The church moving forward is amazing. Look over in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse, start verse 1. Acts 4, 1, look. Uh, Peter and John looks at the guy laying out beside, remember? He's laying beside the gate, beautiful, silver and gold I do not have, 
but what I do have, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He grabs a hold of them, goes into the temple. All these people believe. It's amazing. And they're like, wow, how did you do this? And it's like, it's not because of us we did it. It's Jesus did it. You get over to chapter 4, they're drawing attention to themselves. The early church got a lot of attention. And notice how much attention. We shouldn't be here. Listen, if we were scared, we wouldn't be here. We wonder why the church is where it's at today. Declining. Baptisms are declining. Outreach is declining. Everything's declining. The world is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the work of the church is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. We're getting quieter and quieter and quieter because they are threatening us and scaring us and doing all of those wonderful things. And we're cowering into our huddles. They were mad. Notice what they did. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. These are the same people that a month or so earlier killed Jesus. Don't forget that. And notice verse 2, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in jail. Early church, first leaders, right after Pentecost, amazing things happened. Church leaders thrown in prison. That's exactly what happens. What do you do? Oh, well it's over. Our leader's gone. We just got, oh, let's just pack up. Forget it. But what did God say? What did Jesus say back in Matthew? Okay, so hell ain't going to stop this. This thing's going to keep on going. Turn over. Turn over. They tell them. They says, look, do not preach. Do not talk. Do not say this anymore. Do not continue talking about this Jesus. Look at verse 18. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. The leaders who had Jesus killed some two months or so later, at least, are now telling the early church leaders, Peter and John, hush it. I don't want to hear it no more. These are the officials of the day. And what do they say to them? First, they were just aggravated at them. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to the Father, then to give heed to you rather than God... You be the judge, for we cannot stop thinking about what we have seen and heard. Then you get over to chapter 5, and you got what going on? You got Ananias and Sapphira. We just talked about that the other day. Ananias and Sapphira. So you got pressure on the outside. You got the so-called leaders inside the church. You got issues going on inside the church. You got the Spirit of God coming and zapping people inside the church. Can you imagine out there on the, out there on the sign, Wednesdays are great on the hill, just killed Jennifer and Casey. Y'all come on, y'all come worship with us. We're looking for a new worship minister because we buried that sucker last week. How's that going to work for you? That's exactly what happened in chapter 5 of the book of Acts. How's that church doing? How's the church doing? God's continuing to add. God's continuing to do mighty, mighty, powerful things. And notice verse 17 of chapter 5. Church, I am not saying any of this to entertain you. 
I am not pointing out these things week after week after week to educate you. I am not a teaching preacher, if you've not realized that. I'm not a teaching preacher. That's not what I am. I'm not a teaching preacher. I'm not one of those guys, come on Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock if you want to methodically walk through teaching, and he'll teach you. I'm not a teaching preacher. I'm a, guys, we got to get up off our butt and do something kind of preacher. That's what I am. I'm more of a coach preacher. I'm a coach. I'm a cheerleader. I'm a rah-rah. I'm, a say, I'm, I'm so simple. I've got all these degrees and all this silly paperwork, but all I know in my heart is, look, God said it, and you can't stop what God said and just do it His way, and it'll work. All you got to do, just do it his way. And can you imagine if the Wednesday night crowd, the light bulbs go off instead of standing at that back door. Preacher, you got me again. You done stole my toes. I'm about to wear my now, Y'all do it. Y'all do the silly stuff too. I can't remember who does it, but you do it. I'm about to wear my snake boots because you're getting deeper. That's not a pat on my back. That's a teaching preacher's pat on the back. I learned something tonight, preacher. I want you to learn nothing. What in the world am I going to teach you new? You've been at this church forever. You know that book front and back. You've been studying the same 66 books I have. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers. I'm telling you this tonight, and I am showing you God lets me see things. He just lets me see simple, childlike, elementary things that God said He was going to do it, and here they are, they're trying to stop it. And, the, and, and what they were greatly disturbed at the beginning, notice what happened. Oh yeah, and I'm going to be late tonight because the yellow bus may not be back for a little while. So parents, your kids are not here. They're with Rob, so they're safe. Look at verse 17. But the high priest rose up. Here they, here they come. They're rising up again. The high priest rose up along with all the associates and the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. Notice how it's intensifying. They're mad now. They're like, they're like wait a second. And they laid hands on the apostles, and they put them back in jail. I mean, they just got out of jail. And now notice, these are the leaders of the early church. You can't even get the book of Acts read before they back in prison again. How in the world are we even here? It's by the grace of God. He used those kind of people. People that couldn't stay out of trouble. People that wouldn't keep their mouth shut. People that constantly were doing things everybody else was telling them, Shh, don't do that. And they're like, oh, we're going forward. Keep reading. Verse 27. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them. We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Notice their faithfulness. They'd done gone to prison and they didn't get quiet. Now the whole, the whole city knows about this man. That you've done filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching. 
and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. Where's it at? God's plan will not be stopped. And the only way that works is when the church obeys God rather than man. Because the world wants to stop this thing. The world wants you doing more than you know. The world's, the world's perfectly content with you getting a perfect attendance star on Sunday and Wednesday. Remember back in the day in Sunday school, back in the 80s, remember you got the little gold star? Who got perfect attendance many times? Remember M. Knight? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, that was the good old days. That was when church was good back in the day. It really was. It's a lot simpler. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The world's okay now with us getting just perfect attendance. I think they're happy. Get your perfect attendance. Just don't, just don't, just don't do nothing with it out here. Get your star. Get your M. Night ribbon or your trophy and set it on your door and say, Hey, we are devoted. But just don't go out there and do nothing with it. Going over to Gamaliel. Remember? Gamaliel stands up and he says this. Church, look at verse 38. So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan of action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God... You will not be able to overthrow them or else you may even be found fighting against God. You're not going to stop what God's doing. So, so, so think about the process. God justified you. He made you his very own. He said, I want you to go be salt and light. Don't put your light under a basket, but let your light so shine before men. Do this. Do these things. You may get ridiculed. I mean, it goes even further. Keep reading. And they took, verse 40, they took his advice and after calling the apostles in, they weren't just disturbed. They weren't just jealous. But they beat the fire out of them. Flogged them. 39, 40 lashes minus one. They flogged them. It says it right here. They took his advice and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then release them. And notice verse 41. So they went on their way from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to serve for shame for his name. And every day, verse 42, one you ought to memorize. And every day, in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You got, you got pressure intensifying on the outside. You got, you, you remember we done killed, we done killed these two and buried them. But now you get to chapter six and you got this disturbance. Some, we're passing out food and some widows aren't getting fed. And you got chapter 6 that happens. And the disciples make a really good, wise choice. And they deal with it properly. But you get on over. You get on over uh, 
Stephen stands up. Stephen preaches and notice. Notice what they do. Verse 54 of chapter 7. Stephen gets up, preaches one of the boldest sermons outside of Jesus is in all scripture. And these people who had beat them, they were disturbed. Listen, the opposition, listen, your opposition will start out being disturbed. Your opposition may even go to being jealous. Your opposition may go to the point that it is just raging against you. Look how far it even goes. Devil's not going to stop. The enemy's not going to stop. He's not going to. He's not going to quit coming time and time again. If he went against Jesus, don't you think he's going to come at you? Chapter seven, verse fifty-four. Now, when they heard this, they heard Stephen's message. They were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. Being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into the heavens and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand. You've heard it preached. You stand up for him, he'll stand up for you. Stand up for him and he'll stand up for you. Standing up for him doesn't have to be in front of an angry mob about to kill you. Standing up for him can be just in front of a, a kid. Standing up for him can be in front of anybody Anytime you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, you're standing up for him. And it doesn't have to be an angry mob. We think they always have to come in angry mobs. No, they can be people. But they cried out, verse 57, with a loud voice, and they covered their ears and rushed at him at one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And notice this. They killed him. They killed Stephen. They went from being disturbed, from being jealous, to being bitter and enraged. To killing somebody. This all is about this church thing. Here we are, the leaders of the church. They kill Stephen and notice where they lay their robes. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Who are they talking about? The books of this Bible were written at the, by the pen or the word, or the hand of the man who gave hearty, Bible says, they went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Jesus, receive my spirit. He was given hearty approval. The same Paul, you say, how in the world can God use me? How in the world? You don't know me, preacher. You're new to this town. You don't know who I am. Guys, Saul... Paul wrote the Damascus Conversion, wrote 13 books that you're holding in your hand of the 66 is the same guy that verse 58 talks about. That young man is Paul. He watched Stephen get killed. Going up, look at chapter 8. But Saul began, verse 3, but Saul began ravaging the church. Why in the world are we here? Because you can't stop what God wants done. You can't stop God's plan. You can't stop it. The devil can't stop it. Nobody's going to stop what God wants done. Persecution. 
Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. In verse 4, therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Church grows through persecution. Tell the church you can't, and the church is like, God can't. All through recorded history, when you tell the church you can't, the church always looked back and said, yeah, but God can. You can't stop God's plan. Where do you fit in the plan? And here's where the rubber meets the road. Oh, I need, I, I want to be so mean to y'all, it's pitiful. I want to pinch you. I've asked for kindergarten Sunday school VBS teachers for two weeks now. And my Wednesday night crowd won't step up. Kindergartners, what in the world is so scary about a kindergarten? I'll teach them. Sign me up, I'll teach the kindergarten. And there's some of you out there, here's the deal, there's some of you on a Wednesday night that says, yes, good, I'm glad he won't ask me for that no more. And what it ought to do is like, no, that ain't happening. I'll go teach them. Preacher ain't doing that. I need the preacher everywhere else. Don't miss what God wants to do through you. What's your role in this? It's not pew warmer, I can tell you. It's not pew warmer. It's not pew warmer. You don't get from, he found you, some of you, not all of you, but some of you, he found you warm in a pew, didn't he? Never thought about that in my life. That's a, that's a new learning. He just told me that. He found some of you warm in a pew, and now you hear her many, 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 many years later. You're just an older woman in the same pew. See, that's the part, that's the kind of stuff that they start saying, this new preacher, now I don't like him so much. He's mean. He's sitting there and he talks about me. I don't talk about you. I just know he saved you for far more than warm in a pew. I know that he wants to do some of the most amazing things through every single one of you. And here's what happens inside the church so often is you get a room this size. You know, this is, this is the size. Of, how many we got, Ty? 101. We're like bigger than the average Southern Baptist church on a Wednesday night. Do you realize that? Average Southern Baptist church, we're bigger than them right now. And here's what happens. The faithful pastors are preaching this all over the place. They're pouring their hearts out. And individually, to a man, they're off doing these amazing things. They are serving. They are ministering. They are loving. They are doing those behind-the-scenes things. And I get it. They're not letting the right hand know what the left hand is doing and they're receiving rewards in heaven. They're laying up their treasures in heaven and I absolutely get it. But the devil is a master of divide and conquer. The devil is a master of... Because, because here's the thing, he's got that group over here and this group over there and here's a group over here and this group over here. Take that bus full of kids. I mean, the yellow cheese wagon full of kids is up and... What are they doing? 
picking up trash. We got our entire children's ministry at Northside School, one of the schools, picking up trash. How much trash do you think a bus full can pick up? Versus Rob going up there by himself picking up. Do you see that picture? How much can the bus full of kids pick up? A lot. That's why we're a church. It's together. It's together. Um, can you imagine what God can do in this room if all of these entities are together? If, if, if we're all what if, what if every light bulb in this room sat there? And I don't know how. This is beyond my ability. Just being honest. I don't know. There's, there's other guys that are way more better than me at putting, okay, I got, I, dude, I just had 67 people knocking on my door at midnight saying, hey, we're here with our torches and ladders. Where do we go? Y'all pray that God give me wisdom to know where to tell you to go when 67 of you with torches and lanterns show up at Meadowway at midnight. There's power in numbers. And day by day, God was adding to their number. People were seeing the boldness and people were going to get down. You ain't got time to go there, but you get on further down and... God scatters them. They're, they've been all here together and they've grown and they're bold and they're passionate. And, and Philip goes down to the Ethiopian eunuch and he says, what hinders me from being baptized? They jump off and they say, here's water. Here's some water. God's plan will not be stopped. And here we are, 2021. It's our turn. We preach to our youth, we preach to our college students, tag your ear, it's your turn, know it's our turn now. What are we going to do with our watch? Pray for me to have wisdom. Because I'm going to be honest with you, there's no, it's so broken. The whole church system is absolutely so broken right now. That if I went, I have, I, I'm honest Correct me if I'm wrong. I have nowhere to go to say, hey, I got 67 people with torches and lanterns at my house and it's midnight. Where do we go? There's no system in place to handle it. Because you know why? Somewhere years and years, somewhere, again, between there and here, Day to day, from house to house, they were together forever in the temple. They were together, doing all things together. There was a closeness, there was a unity, and there was all this kind of stuff. And I do these kind of things, and I preach this kind of stuff, and I have people come. Yeah, but preacher, these times are just different. Yeah, they're different. You're lazy. Yeah, they're different. You don't want any of your friends to ridicule you. You're lazy. You don't want anybody. You like your social club. You like your conference. You like your, your Friday and Saturday to do whatever you want to. As long as we give you that one or two hours on Sunday, outside of that is yours. That's where the gap is. 
he sent me, and I'm going to go back and rewatch it. I'm ready to rewatch it. I watched snippets of it. My first Sunday, remember the call weekend Sunday? That sermon I preached with the pink coat on? I had a pink coat on. That was crazy, wasn't it? I was cute. Some of you are like, man, oh man. Yeah, he's overtime now. See, this is free, 7-Eleven. But I remember what I was saying. Can you imagine? What if God? What if we just said, all right, God, here I am. Do with me. Do some amazing things in me. And I'll give you, you know what I am? You know what I do believe without a shadow of a doubt? It's happening. It's happening in the homes. It's happening in the individual spots. It's happening in our personal lives. I mean, I think we're studying our Bible. I think we're reading. I think most every one of us in this room are making a, an attempt of memorizing Scripture. I think we're making a pretty big attempt of praying for lost people. I think we're praying. You see what I'm saying? I think we're doing, and God honors faithfulness. But what else? What else? Go back to my first question. Where do you, what, what do you think God wants to do with Chapel Hill? What do you think God wants to do with Chapel Hill? It's not about making us bigger and making us better and making us the most talked about church. If you want to be talked about, be talked about because you know what? If anybody talks about this church tonight, it should not be anything that I've said. It should be that we had a cheese wagon of kids up at Northside picking up trash. Loving people in the name of Jesus. Loving people in the name of Jesus. They'll see your good works and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. Because I can tell you one thing about Rob. He's probably, if he does see them, he's probably inviting them to Chapel Hill. And he's probably saying, hey, here's our kids. And they're just loving Jesus. And they're just wanting, they're just wanting to serve Christ any way they can. And every piece of paper we pick up is serving Jesus. I'm excited. I'm excited. I am. Um, I'm praying for wisdom. I ask for you to pray for wisdom alongside me. I, what's next? I don't know. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Yeah, you you, you got to be careful. We talked about this the other day. Add for adding's sake. Do more just to do more sake. Listen, we can, we can throw out a lot of programs and we can have a lot of cool things and we can just throw stuff out there just woohoo! And God not be in any of it. You ever done something that God wasn't in? How'd that work for you? It made a mess of things every time I've done it. I want to see us where God wants us to be. You can't stop what God's doing. You cannot stop what God's doing. Let me ask you, and I'm done. I'm closing. I'm landing, and I'm guessing who's back. Um, what's God wanting you to be doing? You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about getting all these new college students in here. I am. Like all these here. Y'all hear noise out there, don't you? They're coming. He may ran them in here on top of us. Scoundrels. I'm excited about getting all these college students up in here. On Wednesday night, I'm excited to have them. I am. Um, I, got, I think about this all the time. I got that massive big old university. What's its name? Tuscaloosa High. What's it called? University of Tuscaloosa. I don't know either. They, they, get, all, they get all crazy about it, don't they, Casey? 
But we got that massive university right down the street. God put me that close to there for a reason. I don't know why. I ask myself, I pray this a lot of times, Lord God, why in the world did you put us in Tuscaloosa? Why am I in Northport? Why am I at Chapel Hill? I want to be faithful. I want to be obedient. I know we're not, he's not, the world's not going to stop whatever he's wanting to do. And I'm just trying to find out, God, what do you want to do? Y'all pray alongside me. Pray, pray for wisdom. Pray for guidance. Pray for Holy Spirit move. Pray it. I don't know what you heard tonight. Don't go out of here and think nothing about me, though. What did God tell you tonight? What did you hear? What was God saying to you tonight? And do that. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we praise you that we have your word. God, we do not have to wonder what it was like. God, we praise you for faithful men who, Lord, in the opposition, they were murdering people, God, and they kept going forward. They kept moving forward. Give us that type of boldness, Lord. Bless each person in this room, every senior, every young adult, every family, every husband, wife. Bless them indeed. Give them a great rest of this day. Great rest of this week. Let us all come back Sunday. God, do something through that for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.